well, just so loving gathering together and excited about bringing the Word of God to you today. I want to talk to you today from the subject, Strong Heart. <laughs> now, it's amazing because we live in a culture where even online you get you get all these fitness people who who have these bodies and you're like is this even real or are they on steroids you know is he on steroids is she on steroids like like what's happening is this but but we like to be impressed with that but here's the thing it doesn't matter how strong you are on the outside if your heart is not strong I remember years ago, I'm just, I'm only a couple years away from the age my dad was when he called me and he was having some, some weird feelings in, in his chest. It was a Saturday and, and I remember telling him, I was like, no, go, go get that checked out at the hospital. And he ended up having a couple stents put in. You see from the outside, he looked healthy, he looked good and he was healthy and good, but, but there was this issue in the heart. And I wonder if what's happening in our culture today, many of us, we, we look good, strong on the outside. People might even be impressed. But the, what's most important maybe right now is to make sure that we have a strong heart. And we're going to discover that today as we dive back into the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're now in chapter 3. Here's what Paul writes beginning in verse 1. So when we could stand it no longer, can you take the anticipation? I can't stand it any longer. Like a, a kid waiting for Christmas morning to open up gifts <laughs> or can't stand it any longer. You want to remember like maybe parents right now, you're like for school to start. I can't take it anymore. When we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service and spreading the gospel of Christ. Let's just pause here because he's saying he's our brother. This is the family of God. That you might have been abandoned by your earthly family, but you are accepted into your heavenly family. That we are called to be a family, and a healthy family cares for one another. A healthy family spends time with one another. A healthy family celebrates those high moments. A healthy family is also there in those low moments or in those painful moments. So it says he's our brother because we are family, but he's our coworker. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Following God is supposed to be hard work. <laughs> you're like, wait, hold on. L let me break this down for you. Y you see, there's worship and then there's work. And some followers of Jesus, they love to worship. Oh, they, they're not there late, tuning in late, <laughs> missing worship. They're there when it starts. You're not just watching worship. They're the ones who are singing loud. Even other people are like, keep it down. They're lifting their hands. They're maybe even hopping around and dancing. They love to worship. But when it comes to work, they're like, wait, hold, hold on. Serve? Uh, wait, we're, we're having a serve day? No, I don't think so. They'll love to worship, maybe even take notes, get into the Word of God, maybe even read your Bible, but you're like, wait, ho hold on. Help in the parking lot at church? I don't think so. Some people love to worship, but not work. 
And yet other people love to work, but not worship. People say, well, hold on. You know, it's, it's not okay. Even if you're serving in the parking lot, you also still need to be in one of the gatherings, worshiping yourself, receiving the word of God. It's not either or, it's both and. I love what, what St. Augustine is quoted as, as saying that he said that pray as though everything depended on God, but work as though everything depended upon you. And Paul's writing here and he's saying, Timothy, he is our, he's our co-worker. You see, co means we're in this thing together. I think that as followers of Jesus, we have forgotten that, that we have isolated ourselves into our homes, that, that we've isolated ourselves into, into only people who look like us and, and vote like us and, and think like us, that, that, that we're called to work with each other, not against each other. What are we supposed to do? To spread the news. <laughs> like I could, if I could sing, I'd start singing, start spreading the news. <laughs> Not I'm leaving today, New York, New York. I say start spreading the news that there is hope. Start spreading the news that there is life that is found in Jesus. Start spreading the news. We have the news today and it is bad. You, you to go online and it's bad news, but we have good news. You see, as followers of Jesus, it's important to recognize that we are called to be contributors, not simply consumers. Contributors, not simply consumers, but it takes a strong heart. Uh, spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well, and remember the last message, you know quite well that we are destined for them. Now, do you work out? If not, you may want to start, go for a walk or something, but uh, uh, I enjoy working out. It's, it's not even so much like physically as it is healthy mentally and emotionally. In fact, this evening, I'll be working out. I think I'll have a workout partner because I think my oldest will be working out with me. And here's the thing about a workout partner. Not only is he going to lift more weight than me, but, but a good workout partner is someone who encourages, but also helps strengthen you. You see, there's some people that are encouraging, but it's like, hmm, they don't really help strengthen you. When I was a kid, I walked into my dad's room many times and, and he'd be laying in bed, eating a donut, watching a workout show with like aerobics, like all these gals doing aerobics. And she'd look at the camera, the main gal and say, you're doing great. She was encouraging, but my dad was doing nothing. She wasn't helping strengthen him. You see, a good workout partner is someone who encourages you but also helps strengthen you. Like, hey, okay, I'm going to encourage you, but, but stop sitting on that machine and, and start using it. <laughs> stop staring at the weights and start, and start lifting them. Or, or stop just having a Bible, but what about you start reading that Bible? Well, what about just stop, stop watching other people pray and start praying yourself? We, we live in a culture that, that wants to exploit weaknesses. That's why you got to be careful. If they see my weakness, they're going to exploit it. But, but as followers of Jesus, we need to be people who empower people's strengths because we live in a world where people are being dissed. 
They're being discouraged and we need to help encourage people. Paul here is saying so that no one would be unsettled. And I need you to know I'm concerned people are becoming unsettled. To unsettle is to cause to feel anxious or uneasy. <laughs> are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling uneasy? <laughs> it sounds like words like to a commercial for a medicine. <laughs> but wait, what you, what you need is not to head to your doctor maybe to get a prescription. Maybe what you need is what God has to offer. Because when you go to the news, you get, you get uneasy and you become anxious. You talk with your friends and everyone's complaining about the same things. And you become uneasy and you, you become unanxious. You look at the status of, of some of your relationships and you become uneasy and, and, and anxious. It's, it's, it's even hard for me to be completely transparent. The, the construction right now going on on our campus is like, come on, why is it taking so long? Come on, why does it keep costing more? It's easy to feel uneasy and and anxious. Why? Because we're going through trials, not just with those things, but because of opposition from culture, opposition from the enemy, because we're facing trials. A trial, here, here's how it's defined, a test of faith, patience, or stamina through subjection to suffering or temptation. Talking with people right now, my faith is being tested. I'm, try, I'm trying to trust God, but my faith is being, is your faith being tested? Or maybe not, not, not your faith, maybe it's just your patience. I can relate to that because I am so impatient. I can be, I can be so impatient. It's like my patience, or sometimes it's just stamina. It's just like how long we've been dealing with it. It's, it's being tested because we're being, we're being subjected to suffering or temptation. And we like to think, wait, hold on. I thought as a follower of Jesus that we go from glory to glory. I thought we're the head and not the tail that we're going over and not under. All of that is true, but what Paul's telling us here, wait, hold on. We're destined for trials. You're like, I thought triumph. Yes, triumph, but no triumph comes without a, a, a trial. Trials are a test. Jesus himself said in John chapter 16, verse 33, in the world, you're going to face temptation. I'm telling you all this so that you can have peace because guess what? You're going to face attacks. You're going to face hardships. You're going to face opposition, but I have overcome the world. I want you to know that there's good news because the greater the test, <laughs> the more glorious the triumph, and we can learn to have strong hearts. Paul continues on, in fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you know. <laughs> Repetition reinforces. Repetition helps us remember. That's why sometimes when you go and you're like, it seems like it's just the same thing on the news, same thing, people trying to get something into you. I remember 
growing up just loving music. And, and there's songs today that I still remember because when I was in high school, back when we had CDs, I would put it on repeat. <laughs> so I'd be listening to Digital Underground. And now, decades later, I can still tell you the lyrics. <laughs> All right, stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny, but yo, I'm making money. See, so yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather around. I'm the new fool in town and my sounds are laid down by the underground. I drink up all the Hennessy you've got on your shelf. So just let me introduce myself because that was a, that was on repeat. It was repetition. I can give you a little GNR <laughs> uh, appetite for destruction. I used to do a little, but a little wouldn't do it. So a little got more and more. I just keep trying to get a little better, said a little better than before. We've been dancing with Mr. Brownstone. He's been knocking. <laughs> he won't, he won't leave me alone because it, because it was on repeat. That's why it's so important to, to, to get into the Word of God on a consistent basis. And here Paul is saying, we kept telling you, we kept telling you, what, Paul? Were you, were you, were you telling us that breakthrough was around the corner? What, Paul? Were, were you telling us that, that we were going to avoid hardship? What were you telling? You say, no. Paul, Paul wasn't going to tell them what they wanted to hear. Paul was telling them what they needed to hear. I want you to know that, that I can't just tell you. It would be irresponsible. I know other people do, but I can't just tell you what you want to hear. I need to tell you what, what you need to hear. What is that? There's a target on your back. <laughs> I, I wish I could get this t-shirt right now just to help you all rem, rem, remember this point because on the front of the t-shirt, there's nothing. But guess what's on the back? I feel like like I should be wearing this T-shirt because this. Anyone feel like like you got a target on your back? You got a target on your back because culture is out to get you. You got a, a target on your back because the enemy wants to take you out. I, I know you wanted to hear, "Hey, you're gonna get promoted," but what I what I'm telling you is you're gonna be persecuted for being a follower of Jesus. And so many people are like, I don't want to know. If it's bad news, I don't want to know. <laughs> I've talked with some people, and it's like, have, have you got the doctor's report back? Yeah, but I haven't listened. I got the voicemail, but I haven't li or I got the but I haven't opened the mail. It's like, talk with people. It's like, wait, I don't want to know. <laughs> have you checked your credit report? No, because, because I don't want to know. I have an announcement. Reality is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to wonder if you're going to be persecuted. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. <laughs> you all know there are some things that are certain in life. People say death and taxes. Well, I, we'll see on taxes in the future if that's guaranteed. But what I can tell you is death and persecution if you're a follower of Jesus. And you don't have to wonder, am I, am I being persecuted? He's talking with some people that it's like, that's not persecuting, <laughs> being persecuted. Some woman's like, oh my goodness, I just broke a nail. It's like, that's not persecution. Uh, some people are like, I'm sitting in traffic. I'm being persecuted. No, you live in LA. <laughs> people are like, I went to the, uh, I went to get some coffee and they, they messed up my order. Oh my goodness, I'm being persecuted. That's not persecution. 
Persecution is painful. Persecution is when you're fired for your beliefs. Persecution is when you're thrown in jail for praying in a certain place. Or just read reports on, on persecution on other parts of the world where, where people were even killed for just being in church. Persecution maybe for you might look like you've been rejected by your friends. But here's the thing. If you prepare for persecution, it can become a platform for God to promote you, but it requires a strong heart. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid. This is Paul writing. I was afraid of what, Paul? That in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. I want you to know follow-up is important. Listen, why does follow-up matter? It matters because people matter. And I know it's like you're being tempted. You look at what's going on in the world, people are tempted to stop following Jesus. People are tempted to just believe the cultural narrative. People are, even now are just tempted because of the pressure to, to go back to old addictions. People are tempted maybe to, to go back to an old toxic relationship. I remember being a kid, people like, don't give in to temptation. And, and as a kid, they would, maybe someone might say, Ouija boards, Ouija boards. It's like, uh, uh, I didn't need to be concerned with Ouija boards. You should have warned me about women. <laughs> maybe you're like, wait, hold on. I, like, as a little girl, you're like, monsters, monsters. And like, maybe they didn't need to warn you about monsters but maybe they needed to warn you about a man. <laughs> You're like, the man was, was a monster. It's amazing how the enemy works. Jesus himself in the wilderness was tempted. Do you remember Adam and Eve? <laughs> in paradise, yet here comes the expert tempter because the enemy is an expert tempter. The enemy will do anything Go anywhere and use anyone to try to tempt you. I want you to know Satan is sneaky. <laughs> With Adam and Eve, here he came in the form of a, of a serpent. We, we have at our place uh, the ring doorbell. And so we have, we have rabbits and we even have snakes. And Lindsay likes to name all the animals. And she can tell them apart. And at one point, we, we had this one snake that, that she called Sneaky because it was, it was hard to, to be able to find out when and where this, this snake was. And I want you to know that, that Satan is Sneaky. But, but don't, don't lose your gains. Don't lose your growth because life can be a grind. That's why we need strong hearts. Verse 6 says, But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news. Anyone ready for good news? About your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Anyone, you're like, where's Timmy? <laughs> where's Timmy? I need good news, uh, breaking news. And it's not going to be found on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, YouTube. It's like we, we are so looking to, to, to culture versus saying, wait, ho hold on. We need to look to Jesus. And I love this here because Paul's saying, because we, we heard you have pleasant memories ju just as we do. 
See, you see, that's what, as a church, we need to be cultivating pleasant memories because a lot of people have painful memories. You look back at your childhood, painful memories. You look back at as someone that you trusted, whether it was a business partner, painful memories. Was it what it was maybe the, the first person that you, you fell in love with or thought you fell in love with? Painful, painful memories. A group of friends that you thought were always going to be there, painful memories. But but here as a church, we we need to create pleasant memories. Anyway, you, you look back and you're like, I remember when I was an addict, those were painful memories. But now that I'm plugged in to church and serving, pleasant memories. And here the, Paul's making the point, it's mutual. I've seen like whether it's a guy who likes a girl and like the girl does not like the guy or, or the girl likes the guy, but the guy's like the, and like, but here it's like, it's mutual and it has to do with people. We, we live in a culture that is obsessed with possessions. Uh, I got, listen, no matter, you, you can get the car, no matter how nice and fast it is. You can get the house, no matter how big it is. <laughs> you, you can get all that stuff, the clothes, the whatever it is, but, but it's not going to satisfy. What brings joy is, is people. Possessions will never satisfied. But here's the thing about people. People can strengthen you and help bring true joy. We're talking today about having a strong heart. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. I want you to know that just as we're seeing here, you can be distressed, but you don't have to be discouraged. You, you can be persecuted, but you don't have to become pessimistic. Too many have found it like followers of Jesus that are not sounding hopeful anymore, are not sounding full of life, because it's like life just seems like it's just, it's just beating it out of them. Too many people are like, I'm going to be encouraged when finally I, I get the promotion at work. I'm going to be encouraged when, when, when finally I have the opportunities. But here we see with Paul, it's like, no, I'm encouraged because of your faith. Because your faith is not wobbly. Because your foundation is not shaky. We need to be reminded that Christ is our firm foundation. That it's not the job, that it's not the relationship with him or with her. Fill in this blank. To really live is what? What is it for you? Is to really live achieving that, that title at work? Is to really live finally making that amount? Is to really live finally establishing that relationship? I, I, I would say, li listen, we need to be reminded that to really live is to find our identity in Christ. <laughs> Too many people are, are trying to say, find your identity in, you know, in culture or, or, or self-identify, but it's like, I am who God says I am, and I am glad about that. And when you find your identity in Christ, you realize that the progress of others even makes your own pain that much more meaningful. And you can learn, I, I've got a strong heart. Verse 9, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy 
we have in the presence of our God because of you. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking, not in your finances, not in your faith. I love this because we're, we're seeing that you can go through hard times and not have a hardened heart. I know you've been betrayed, but you don't got to get bitter in your heart. People, people might have abandoned you, but you don't have to shut your emotions off from them, from the new people God's bringing in, in, into your life, that you can have true joy because of God. Listen, we're, we're talking, it's like I'm praying for you. Too, too many people, they, they, they lose the, the connection with God that comes through prayer because they're like, I, I don't know how to pray. I don't know where to pray. I don't know. I don't know like when and how. How often? It's like, wait, what? Just let it be. Let it be sincere, and let let it be intense. Which is let it be meaningful. Like it's just let's just be real and not and not religious. So many people are like thinking that they need to say thee and and now and it needs to be for for a certain time limit. <laughs> I, I, sometimes I just, as a reminder, think like some people like their coffee, strong, not weak, bold, not mild. <laughs> well, let, then let that be your prayer life. And Paul said, I'm praying that you would receive. So many of us, if we're to be brutally honest, we just pray for ourselves. We just pray for, for, for our needs, for God, help me in this relationship. God, provide for me in my career. God, me, 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 me. But, but he's saying like, hold on, I'm praying for you. But, but what's lacking, I'm not, it's not family. It's not, it's not finances that I'm praying for. It's your faith. Sometimes people come and they want me to pray for them. And they're like, can you pray for my marriage? Or, or, or can you pray for my career? And I, I will. But in the midst of that, it's like the most important thing is to pray for their faith. And I want you to know I am praying for your faith because, listen, the relationship can be restored. But guess what's going to continue on afterwards? The strength that is in your faith. Guess what? God can open up the door in your career. But what's mu like the, the faith will, will continue. There, there's a difference between our wants and our needs. And so many of us are praying because of things we want. But what about what we really need? In fact, not just what we really need. What if let's live to help supply the needs of other people and not just demand our own? Verse 11 says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. There, there, there are some paths that only God can clear you know, that you're like, oh, only God can clear that path. That's something only God can do. Can God clear a path for restoration with your child? Well, you're like, well, I've done everything, counseling, books, this, there's nothing else I can do. That, that's, that's only a path God can clear. Maybe it's a situation that is financial or or, or, or maybe it has to do with a, a loved one who, who's drowning in depression. And for that healing to take place, you're like, they, they've, already, they've already gone to counseling. Or maybe it's someone stuck on an addiction who's been in and out of, of rehab. But God can still clear a path. 
<laughs> Here's the thing. Paul's talking about clearing a path, uh, not for things, but to get to people. At this church, we are Jesus-centered, but we're also people-focused. Uh, we're committed to clearing the path for people to get to Jesus. You know there's stuff that's in the way of people getting to Jesus? There's all that they're inundated with with culture, how, how movies have portrayed Christians one way, how TV shows have portrayed followers of Jesus in ways, and it, it creates this false narrative in, in people's mind. It, it creates stuff in the way, or, or maybe they come to church and they deal with an unfriendly team, or, or they hear religious language. It's like all these distractions. I want to in, in, encourage you that, like, let, let's not just make up in our minds we're going to sit in church, whether in person or online, but we're going to be the church, and we're going to get to people, that we're going to clear the path, and we're going to point the way for people to get to Jesus. Verse 12, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and, uh-oh, for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So many of us right now, increase, <laughs> increase and overflow my money, increase and overflow my career. But it's like, no, this is what, what the world needs now is love. The reality is what's going to change things is love. I remember being a kid, and we would sing this song. <laughs> now, they will know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. Well, they will know that we are Christians by our love. It's not going to be by our knowledge. It's not going to be by our degrees. It's not going to be by our accolades. It's not going to come from power or prestige. And what is happening in our culture today is people are distancing themselves from people they dislike and people they disagree with. People are not only distancing themselves, but they are devaluing people they dislike or disagree with. Not only devaluing, people are dehumanizing others because they, they dislike them, because they they disagree with them. But guess what? Jesus loves them and Jesus died for them. And they need to know that there is hope in Jesus. In a world of great hate, we have a God of great love. In a world that is full of hate, we have a God that is full of love. And he wants to shine that love through us. He wants to show that love through us. That's you and that's me, where we can just show this world the hope that is found in Jesus.